All right, everybody, welcome aboard. We're going to kick off uh, tonight's marathon right after this. Welcome to the end times, my friend. We're on the saints, it's coming. And the battle will soon begin. A battle that you and I be called to fight. It won't be won by our strength of mind. Will you fall away? Lose your soul and flame out. Or endure to the last trumpet and hear Jesus shout. The stakes are high and we all must choose. Make a stand for Jesus to fall away. It's all you lose. Welcome to the end times, my friend. Will it be a game over before you begin? Now is the time to live for Jesus to give him all the glory. Overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. We must continue to fight and endure until the end. To lay your life down and let him raise it again. Did Jesus give his life for you in vain? Say yes to Jesus and your life will never be the same. Radio, broadcasted from the front lines and digital stereo. I'm here with a message that the time is getting late. Jesus said, preach the gospel, cast out devils in love, not hate. You better know Satan and his demons are marching worldwide. And Jesus is coming back and looking for his bride. The Antichrist is walking the planet and soon to rise. People will be manifesting demons before your eyes. Do you know how to cast out devils and bind and loose? If we don't stand up and fight, we serve no use. You must overcome and endure until the end. Win some souls for Jesus to hear him say, enter in. I say amen to that. That's our mission here, to train up warriors for these end times to do exploits for Jesus and prepare you to endure till the end. It says, the same shall be saved. You know, Brother Lou, I believe that the uh, tribulation period is really for one reason, and that's to sort out the lukewarm in the church and the lukewarm in the world. You know, because Jesus says, I would that you were hot or cold. And, you know, there's people that have been cold for Jesus, but they went in 100% for the devil. And uh, you're seeing some of them make the switch. Former atheists coming to Christ. But, you know, the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. God can't work with a double-minded man. And if you're lukewarm, Jesus said, I'll spit you out of my mouth. We've got a lot of lukewarm in the world and in the church. And, uh, folks, if we don't get hot for Jesus, we're not going to make it. You'll tap out, take that mark, be damned to hell. You'll fall away when persecution comes. That's why we tell you straight up. And that's what I appreciate about the Spirit of Prophecy Church. They tell you straight up, folks. Hard times are coming. And this is for the purpose of we need to get prepared, get battle hard, and get tough. Realize we probably will not get out of this thing alive. And are you prepared to be a martyr for Jesus? Really, that's what you need to ask yourself. Now, I'm not worried about getting my head cut off. If that's the way i got to go, praise God. Uh, if that's what is required of me, what an honor for the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave his life. How much more do we owe him everything, even our heads, if that's what is required? But you know what? we got some exploits to do. And between now and then, 
when I die with my boots on, Brother Lou, Sister Suni, I'm ready to take some demon scalps for Jesus. And uh, Amen. You know, let's let's go out of this thing with a bang, folks. Not in fear. The fear man bringeth a snare, but he who putteth his faith and trust in the Lord shall be safe. And so, I'm thankful for the watchmen out there that have alerted us to what's coming. So we don't just get slapped in the face with reality and say, uh-oh, what am I still doing here? I thought we were getting out of here on a first-class uh, trip to heaven on the rapture jet. Come on, folks. <laughs> Come on. we got to get this thing sorted out. Too much lukewarmness in the church. And I'll tell you what, tribulation will sort that stuff out real quick. You will not be able to straddle the fence in the tribulation period. You'll either go all the way in for Jesus and be willing to lay your life down for Christ, or you will tap out and get offended, just like Jesus said with the parable of the sower. Anon with joy, they heard the gospel, but when persecution came for the cause of Christ, they got offended and fell away. Now, if you're already in a backslidden state, you've fallen away already. But there's many out there that haven't even come to Christ. It wasn't talking about them. It's talking about lukewarm church. So if you are backslidden and you're tuning in tonight, well, there's hope for you. And, you know, we can come back. It's not too late. Repent of our sins and go all in for Jesus. But lukewarm are not going to make it. They will get separated with tribulation, and you'll be on one side of the accounting books or the other. You'll be on the side with the goats or on the side with the sheep. Which side do you want to be on? I don't want to be over there with the goats, brother. Lou, how about you? You want to be on that ledger? No, I'll pass. Well, now we, and I didn't mean to uh, say anything negative about uh, mini goats. We love those goats, but we're talking about yeah, well, human goats. We're talking about two legged goats and four legged goats. <laughs> ah, yes, that's a better way to say it. Absolutely, we love our, we love our four legged goats. Just by the way, so say. <laughs> <laughs> and the two legged chickens. Well, yeah, brother Lou. Welcome back. Uh, how are you and Sister Suni doing? We're doing fantastic. Well, I'm glad yes, to be here sir. with you. What are you going to be speaking on tonight? I'm going to talk about the spirit of fear tonight, Shannon. Boy, that's a great topic, exposing the spirit of fear. Now, Brother Lou has a PowerPoint that you'll be able to get on his site. And uh, at some point, I'm going to get back up and begin to do video streams again. But for right now, welcome aboard Brother Lou, you want to open us in prayer, and the mic is yours. Thank you, Shannon. God bless you. Father in heaven, we give you praise, glory, and honor, and we lift your name up. You are the King of kings, and boy, Lord, I'll tell you, if we ever needed a, a God to guide us through this uh, turbulent time, is, is the days of now, the days of today, with so much going on, so much evil. But, as they say, when evil abounds, grace abounds more. Father, we praise you again. I thank you for this show. I ask you to bless Shannon and his family, Omega Man Radio. Have the people that need to call in tonight, call in and let this broadcast be anointed so that others will follow and like, share, and subscribe and follow and get set free and delivered and turn their whole hearts back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because as Shannon said, we're supposed to be hot or cold, not lukewarm and there's too much of it. So, Lord, we bless you. Call it done by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Lou, a quick question as we're getting started. Did you have a chance to look at the um, Tucker Carlson-Putin interview? I did not. I'd recommend everybody watch it. You can go up to TuckerCarlson.com. I think they got it on YouTube by now, in X. But uh, 
Really interesting interview. That is one intelligent man over there. Uh, compared to the guy we got in the White House that probably doesn't know his uh, wife's name, I'll tell you what, America has got a wake-up call coming for it. Real quick, I think we're going to have an interesting year. That's all I'll say. Um, with that, Brother Lou, take it away, my friend. Thank you, my brother Shannon. Yeah, I'll agree with you. We're going to have an interesting year, and it's going to be you know, interesting for some. It's going to be sad, depressing, and terrifying for others. So it kind of depends on who you're connected to. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And if you know Jesus and he's in your heart and you're walking holy before him, he is going to take care of you. Does that mean you won't have any problems? Not at all. It just means he'll take care of you. So, yes, we need a Savior in America. It's not going to be a man in the White House either. It's going to be the man, Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Tonight's topic is exposing the spirit of fear. And I'm just going to plug the website, whitehorseoutreach.com. We are beginning to post on, I'm not doing a lot, but once a week, um, YouTube, um, Rumble, BitChute, um, trying to, man, I can't, I've not done this before, but (laughs) I don't know how you get so much of this stuff done, Shannon, but man, it's time consuming. I spend hours in here recording and posting and and getting everything set up, so hopefully it'll all work. Whitehorseoutreach.com. Also, uh, Prophecy Club, they have an app, the Prophecy Club. get all stan johnson and leslie johnson's videos and things you can get on that and then um spirit of prophecy church i think leslie is going to do online training at trainingtheprophets.com so that being said we're going to talk about exposing the spirit of fear tonight what's crazier than having an imaginary friend having an imaginary enemy Uh, I get a lot of these phone calls. The parents are saying, my child is talking to somebody in the closet or under the bed. It's just an imaginary friend. They don't believe that the kids are having a talk, you know, a conversation with the spirit. But if you think fear is an imaginary enemy, you're dead wrong because fear is real and it is from the enemy. It's not imaginary. And these days, as things go haywire, more and more, the spirit of fear is a. It's one of Satan's top two strategies to get you off track. Fear and rejection are his two top strategies. So let's talk about fear in the Bible a little bit. Uh, 501 verses about fear in the Bible. And let me just say this about if deliverance, if I could describe it as a tree, and you had two branches, two big branches coming off that tree, one branch would be fear, the other branch would be rejection. Under those two limbs come all the other demonic factions in Satan's dark kingdom. So fear is a major major spirit that Satan uses. Now, there is good fear. Uh, Mostly, we're going to talk, we are going to talk about some good fear, but most of the the talk tonight is about bad fear, which comes from the enemy. This is good fear. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord brings with it many blessings and benefits. We want to have the fear of the Lord, in my opinion, 
the average church, mainstream Christianity has no clue, no idea really what the fear of the Lord is. And I'll just tell you, brothers and sisters, the closer you get to the Lord, the closer you get to Jesus, the closer you get to the kingdom of heaven, the more you will fear the Lord because he is loving and kind, but he also chastens those he loves. And um, you don't want to get smacked. You don't want to get your spanking from God because um, it doesn't feel good. And if you don't know what it is to have the fear of the Lord, I feel sorry for you. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fools despise wisdom and instruction. Yes, they do. So if you want to have uh, knowledge, the beginning is fear of the Lord, according to Proverbs. Fearing God should be encouraged. I do want to, and, and I'm not talking about being afraid of God. I'm talking about a healthy respect of our Father and of the Lord Jesus Christ, the righteous judge. How do I want to say this next statement? Um, there's some people on YouTube, I'm not going to name any names, but they say, well, I had a visitation last night and me and Jesus were playing cards. We had milk and cookies. Well, you know, to me, that's just a bunch of hooey. I'm not saying they didn't have a visitation, but Jesus is not going to come to you and play cards and have milk and cookies with you. If he comes to you, he's coming for a specific reason to give you an assignment, uh, something to build in his kingdom. He ain't going to show up playing cards and, you know, having cookies and milk. Amen? Fear of the Lord. How the fear of the Lord is the good fear that we all need. Let's look at a scripture here in Proverbs 19.23. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life. And he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. Well, that's a good scripture, isn't it? The fear of the Lord tends to life. I want to have that. So I think I would um, like to have some more fear of the Lord. So I can have life. I was really encouraged the other day. I went to uh, Greenville, just up the road from my house, and bought some some feed. I buy about a ton of feed a, a month, and somebody backed their truck up to the dock beside me and started talking to me, and I don't know what happened, but God um, and age came up, and uh the guy said, how old are you? I said, 68. And he goes, you're just a kid. I go, well, how old are you? He goes, in two months, I'm going to be 100. And he's still <laughs> blowing and going. He goes, I'm out mowing my pasture and working. He goes, I broke my hip a while back, but I'm back up in the saddle again and going and blowing. So on the way home, I was really encouraged by that. Uh, being 68, I thought, man, I want to be like that. I want to be 100 years old in good health and still working and building the kingdom of God. And so I prayed that prayer to the Lord. But this will help. The fear of the Lord tends to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. We want to abide satisfied because a lot of people in this world now, especially in America, they are unhappy. And you know what? It's best, most blessed, abundant um, country in the whole world and 
I'll just say, if you can't make it here in America, you better find a new planet because this is the land of opportunity. You shall not be visited with evil. We're talking about a good fear, which is the fear of the Lord. Again, in Proverbs 14:27, <laughs> I just love these Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. You know, people have searched for, you know, the fountain of life, uh, spent their whole lifetime, all their earnings, all their money, and died in the jungle because they were searching for the fountain of life. But if we find Jesus Christ in the Bible and the Spirit of the Lord... This says the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Just think about that. That's a good memory scripture. To depart from the snares of death. Man, I just love that. And another Proverbs 14.26. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. Sounds like Psalm 23 and Psalm 91. This is a protection verse here, a place of refuge in in the days now and coming soon to a city near you. You're going to need a place of refuge, and it's not going to be a bunker underground. It's not going to be the FEMA camp. It's not going to be the government uh, control of lock yourself in the house. The place of refuge is your prayer closet, and the place of refuge is you walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, the creator of heaven and earth. I love this. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. You know, some people accuse me of being boastful and prideful and overconfident. But, you know, when you and God, you know, when you and God are together, that's pretty much, you know, that's a majority. It's unanimous. You know, he's he's going to he's going to protect you. Fear has two meanings. I just uh, clipped this off the internet, but I'm going to say it has three meanings. But it says, forget, this is an acronym, forget everything and run. Bad idea. Well, sometimes you can run, run from your problems, but um, sometimes the best thing to do is face your problems. Face everything and rise. The choice is yours. Forget everything and run or face everything and rise. The choice is yours. Amen. Third scenario. You know what fear stands for? It stands for false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. And if it's coming from Satan, which is a spirit, it is false evidence appearing real. He's trying to steal from you. It's the dark room where Satan develops his negatives. And it starts in your mind, brothers and sisters, in your heart and your mind. Now let's talk about the, uh, the bad fear. And we'll go scripture here, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, when people panic, the first thing that goes is a sound mind. You flip out, you freak out, you lose it, you everything goes haywire. But when the spirit of fear comes, it says, um, I have not given you that spirit of fear, but of power. Power is ability to Get your prayers answered. Power is ability to shift the atmosphere. Power is the ability to break the uh, physical laws that are set up in the natural 
and to go into the supernatural and raise the dead, cast out demons, heal the sick, and all those other things that come on with, as it says, I've not given you the spirit of fear, but of power. Get things done with the power of God and of love and of a sound mind. So we don't have to lose our composure and be up uh, all night long, can't sleep because of fear. Uh, We have a sound mind, and we have love, and we have power. Fear is Satan's tactic. It's a huge tactic of Satan. Let's look at this scripture. This is kind of a strange scripture. Genesis 27, 46. It says, And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob take a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as these, which are of the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do me? Now, she's worrying and fretting. Why did Rebekah say this? What's the deal with the daughters of Heth? Well, the daughters of Heth were the uh, the Hittites were descendants of Heth, whose name means terror, fearsome, or terrible. Now, the names in the Bible they always meant something. So, like Abram, Abram uh, that was uh, his given name, Abram. But after God touched him and changed his name, it was Abraham. And I'll just say the ha. Am, the ham, was the um, filling of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach, the breath of God, Abraham. And Sarai, her name got changed to Sarah, more of the Ruachadesh, the Holy Ghost. And that's why that um, it says Sarah's um, womb was dead, but uh, at 99 years old, um, you know, she conceived and they had a child, the child of promise. So, but... Rebecca was talking about the Hittites, who were descendants of Heth, and these names, they mean things. And the Hittites were terror, fearsome, or terrible. That's why she was fretting. She didn't like them. Hittite, reaction to fear. What happens usually... Uh, It says, when rejection occurs or is believed to have occurred, then a series of reactions are set in motion. So fear and rejection go together. They create a cycle of anxiety. I'm going to break it down for you. There's something that we call a trigger. You get triggered. And um, it's either external or internal. And these things, they start a cycle. So you have a trigger, then... The thought comes into your mind. You know, Satan will create an event or a natural thing will happen that creates an event. Then you have a negative or fearful thought appear. It doesn't appear. It actually comes into your thoughts, into your mind. Then that creates anxiety or panic. It creates a response. And now that's your chance to cast it down. If you continue on it, it sets in your beliefs. Beliefs are formed in the perpetuate and perpetuate the cycle. So, as they say, it's a vicious circle. Trigger, thoughts, anxiety, beliefs. And it's just over and over and over. And it gets bigger if you continue to dwell on it. It just grows. It's a nasty cycle. 
2 Corinthians 10, 5 and 6 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Now, brothers and sisters, this is a memory verse here. Verse 6, And having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Let's go back and look at 5. Casting down, that means cast out. Cast is another way to say it. Casting down imaginations, casting down, cast out imaginations. If you have a thought that you know is, and I know a lot of people, I never hear God's voice. He never speaks to me, but the scripture says, my sheep know my voice and another they will not follow. So uh, don't believe everything that comes, every thought that comes into your head is not always from uh, God. Many of them are from Satan. He's trying to get a stronghold and it sets up in your heart and your mind. So when you have an evil thought or a bad thought, it says, cast them down, the imaginations, or cast down thoughts. Pick your word however you want, whatever it is. Cast it down, these thoughts that come into your head. And every high thing that exalts itself or says, you know, did God really say? It's, it's tearing God down, tearing down the word of God. It's against the knowledge of God. Cast it down. Verse 6, having a readiness. This means you know, your sword sharp and on your holster, ready, whip that sword out and start cutting your way through the darkness. A readiness to revenge all disobedience. I'm not talking about violence here because we know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spirits. Spirits is what we're fighting against, not people. Evil spirits, invisible spirits are real, trying to get you to take this thought. You're going to have a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Some thoughts? No, every thought. Every thought that is against God, every thought that is against the Spirit of God, every thought that is against the Word of God, you bring it into captivity, you put handcuffs on it, you cast it out. Every thought, every thought. And some some of you, it's, it's not just a daily thing it's an hourly thing and sometimes it's a uh, uh, minute by minute you have to overcome this and the more you overcome the easier it will get to keep the thoughts out of your head sometimes in the beginning you just have to relentlessly bite down like a bulldog and set your feet and say i'm not moving and i rebuke those thoughts i don't receive them i cast them down and you got to do it until you have victory that's how long you go however long it takes that's how long you go and fear is commonly called anxiety. If you go to the, the psych, you know, the psychiatrist, um, they're going to prescribe you some medicines to calm your nerves, which we call pharmacia, which is um, sorcery, drugs to control people. Fear is called anxiety. There's symptoms. And when you take medicine, there's side effects. Those are also symptoms. <laughs> They're not good. Some of it says may cause death. So, you know, if you're on meds, uh, praise God, that's good for you. Um, I'm just saying uh, I've got a lot of people to come off of them slowly, and they've got victory. So you can get healthy. If you're healthy, it's easier to stay healthy than it is to be sick and pray for healing and then try to stay healed. Just be healthy is the best thing I can tell you. And you do that by, you know, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. we got to read our word, and then we got to act on the word. Otherwise, we have dead faith. 
Amen. So the symptoms of anxiety is called an anxiety attack or more commonly known panic attack. Then you have hyperventilation and people will take a bag and they'll breathe into it to try to get their breathing under control. This is a, you know, a start like the cycle I talked to you about earlier. It starts with a trigger. And then it goes into a thought, and then it goes into an action. You receive the thought, and then it just repeats. And um, all kinds of symptoms with fear and anxiety. Chronic fatigue is another symptom. Difficulty in concentration. And I told you when people panic, you know, if the uh, uh, plane goes down in the wilderness and, and on a snowpack mountain, most people just lose it and they take off running and they die in the frozen tundra. And the best thing to do is be calm and sit down and um, keep your thoughts about you. Because if you turn into an emotional basket case, you're going to make the wrong decision. Satan is going to lead you to the wrong thoughts. And uh, many people die when they panic. So that's why it says um, sound mind and love uh, and power. So power to concentrate. Next slide. Coping with fear. People try to push fear down and provide numbness or escape. And... You know, before I got saved, I used to do that. It wasn't because I was afraid. It was just because I i don't really know why. I was just a heathen. <laughs> That's the only way I can explain it, Shannon. I was just a heathen, you know, drinking and smoking and doing all kinds of stupid stuff, you know, playing in the nighttime in the devil's hour. And, uh, you know, so I used to drink a lot. I don't touch this stuff anymore, but... Uh, you're trying to find numbness or escape by drugs or alcohol or whatever. Pick your poison. And I can tell you for sure, by the time you empty out a few bottles, there's no happiness. There's no answers at the bottom of that bottle. It's just more depression and doom and gloom. And it's just an endless cycle of death. Praise God he kept me alive. So you push your fear down. And try to numb and escape. It doesn't work. You have to attack fear and push it out, conquer it, cast it out, and get Jesus to take over your life. John fourteen twenty seven. Let's look at that. It says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, we're not talking about your mind, or are we? The heart and the mind, they're pretty close together because Jesus looks at the heart. The intentions, the thoughts, that talks about the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Let not your heart be troubled. You know, a lot of people have heart disease. High blood pressure goes along with fear. All kinds, you know, if you have fear long enough, your body's going to show signs of sickness because you're putting out cortisol Bad thoughts, bad hormones in your body will put out cortisol, and you'll start to have achy, creaky joints. You won't be able to sleep at night. You'll have a bad heart. You get diabetes, and all kinds of bad health symptoms will come along with this if you hang on to that fear too long. Neither let it be afraid. Many people look to drugs, alcohol, Gangs, as I said, pick your poison. There's all kinds of reasons people go to do these things. They're looking for an escape. They're looking for answers is what they're really looking at. They're really in their heart. They're saying, help me. 
but they're turning to the evil things of the world that the world has to offer is death. And we must look towards life, which is Jesus Christ. And along with fear comes rejection. The spirit of fear of rejection is a gatekeeper. That's a high-ranking evil spirit that sets up the triggers and that keeps you in what I call a cycle of defeat, a death spiral, and all kinds of evil things. Some people, they say, I just was born with a black cloud over my head. Everything I touch falls apart. That maybe have you a gatekeeper. Sending a, another term for that would be familiar spirit, a bloodline curse flowing down to your bloodline. And these things, they set themselves up, and they're strong. And the average Christian has no idea, no clue about how this stuff works. But it starts with a lie. And behind the lie will be an idol. It could be anything. An idol could be anything. It could be television. Any, anything between you and God can be an idol. It could be uh, your wife. It could be your children. Many people live their lives to their children. It could be alcohol. It could be drugs, you know, that type of stuff. But it starts with a lie. Then you have an idol. And behind that is a demon. There's a demonic force enticing you to continue to believe the lie and to serve the idol, it's demonic. When you accept rejection, the fear of rejection enters. And many people would say, well, I never accepted rejection. But as far as the enemy is concerned, if you do nothing, you've opened the door and said, okay, come on in. The scripture says when good men do nothing, evil abounds. Well, why is that? It's because you do nothing. You know, you cannot set on your blessed assurance all the time and expect God to uh, make your life perfect. He wants you to pick up your sword and cut the, any, the head off of the enemy. According to Luke ten nineteen. Behold, I give unto you power. Power to do what? To change your circumstances, to get your prayers answered, to change your life, to change the atmosphere around you and trample on serpents and scorpions. That's the demons and the evil spirits around you. Cast them out and cut their heads off and boot them and tell them, and don't come back. And then get in the word of God and figure out who you are in Christ. You accept rejection. They, they, say, they tell me, Pastor Lou, I, I don't accept it. But you do not do anything. You know, you call me up or call Shannon up and go, pray for me. And if you do, I'll be okay. No. <laughs> it don't work like that. Casting out a demon is the easiest thing in the world. Uh, the, the hard thing is you got to keep the door closed so they don't come back in. And they will try. They will come back and test you and check on you to make sure the, that uh, – you know who you are, and the door is closed, and it's going to stay that way. And if you're passive, you're not going to keep them out. So, yes, many people, I'm telling you, the sad truth is many people accept rejection, and they accept fear, and they accept all these other lies that the enemy is purporting. And then the spirits come in, and your life is going in a downward spiral. So the fear of rejection enters. The spirit manifests as fear, which causes anxiety, which brings along panic attacks. And think about this. Are you an introvert? Many will turn inward to their mind for love and safety, sometimes called fantasy. They check out. You know, have you ever heard the lights are on but no one's home? Nowadays, 
everywhere in America. I don't care where you're at. You can go to McDonald's for breakfast time or Starbucks or a restaurant. You can go at noontime. I don't care what time of day it is. People on the bus, I see them down. I'm talking about texting. They got this phone in their hand and driving and texting, playing on the computer while they're driving. I mean, death wish, hello. (laughs) Fantasy. They're living in a fantasy world. And, you know, I do some YouTubing. I do a little Facebooking, not much. Um, But, I mean, some people are on their day and night or they're playing, um, you know, a video game. I know 50- and 60-year-old grown men video games eight hours a day they they work a full-time job then they come home at four o'clock they may even skip supper and they'll play you know two three o'clock in the morning i mean it's 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 fantasy it's not real i think shannon you were was it you that we're talking about a while back you put on the the metaverse goggles i mean we're we're in the matrix now this stuff is real i mean it looks real yes sir a few years ago, I had a uh, pair of Oculus goggles, which was like a second-generation pair. Very interesting. Some people live in that thing, and uh, we still don't know what effects it has on the brain. It could be doing permanent damage because it fools your brain into thinking you're in an alternate reality. Back to you. Uh, I don't have it and probably not going to get it. I don't ever plan on it anyway. But Waste of time, to tell you the truth. Yeah, it sucks your energy and sucks your time. You know, you can't, uh, you, you, no productivity. I won't go there. I could, um, you know, <laughs> I put enough negative stuff out as it is. Amen. <laughs> We're talking about fantasy. Fantasy in the King James Bible is called imaginations. Now, let's go and talk about the law first mention, which is the first time you see a word in the King James Bible is the true and original meaning. And I hope I'm going somewhere with this. Romans 1, 21. Because that, when they knew God, we're talking about believers here, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Hello, America. Everybody in America, not everybody, but a lot of people are, I'm a Christian, but you know what? they got all kinds of secret sins. They're not building the kingdom. They've never cast out a demon ever. Don't speak in tongues. I don't know how they can get any prayers answered when they're not filled with the Holy Ghost. Moving along, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. The Lord says you have a foolish heart. And your heart is darkened. That's not a good thing, brothers and sisters, when the Lord says you have a foolish heart and it was darkened. They became vain in their imaginations. You know, they're living in fantasy. So I just want to ask you, believers out there, do you have a dark heart? Some do. But you can change that in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me ask you another question. Does God expect us to be perfect? Well, let's not give my opinion. Let's look in the scripture. First Chronicles 28.9. And thou, Solomon. Now, this is good. 
uh, you know, when we talk about Solomon, we're talking about wisdom. At least it's the way it started out. Started out good. He prayed the prayer, and the Lord granted him wisdom. It says, And now, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a what? It says, Serve him with a perfect heart, and with a willing mind. Be teachable, brothers and sisters, for the Lord searches all hearts. Yes, he does. And understands all the imaginations and the thoughts, or we could say the thoughts and the intents of the heart. He understands the imaginations. That's the thoughts that we have. He understands. God knows. Yeah. I laugh when people say God knows. Everybody knows God knows, right? (laughs) If he knows all the hairs on your head, which I have no clue, they're less now than when I was younger. But anyway, he understands this stuff. He knows it. We don't know it, but he does because he's omni-powerful and present. He knows everything. He's everywhere. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Ouch. Oh, does that hurt? Is that a scary scripture? I say it is. No, you know, I think it was 1999. We had an encounter at the Young House back in Iowa. God showed up in our house. No, he didn't stand at the bed. But uh, my wife heard an audible voice in the black of night said, you're not going to drink anymore. And you know what? It came to pass. The next day, it was over. No more drinking. And we used to drink a lot. In fact, ah, Sunni hates it when I say this, but she was she was running a bar when I met her. <laughs> Long time ago. Anyway, uh, she wanted to go back to church. And this girl that she was working with, she ran a hair salon, the two hairs, hair, hair benders working together. My wife, the heathen, and uh, the the other one saved, told her, if you will go back to church and ask the Lord to show himself to you and seek him with all your heart, he will show up for you. And she went and prayed that prayer. And I'm going to say for three years, she had, I call it candy from God. The Lord gave her candy. She had dreams visitations, visions, open visions, closed visions, uh, all kinds of experiences for three years. And then one day that all stopped and, um, you know, then she had to go by faith. But that was the scripture that she uh, turned back to the Lord with, this one right here. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. Brothers and sisters, don't throw this one away. You people who are lost out there, you people who are Christians, but you don't never hear God's voice. You read the word, but it doesn't never make sense to you. You want God to show up. You want to hear him. I'm not saying that he'll speak to you in an audible voice, but if I'm telling you the scripture will come to life in your life, if you seek God with all your heart, he will not let you down. He will be found. But the end of this says, if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Take my advice. Seek the Lord. Even Shannon and myself still seek the God. It doesn't matter how good we know him today. God is endless. We cannot know him. We cannot know him. 
and there's always more. Shannon, you want to add to that? Well, I just uh, back you up on that. Amen. Amen. Okay. Scripture here. More scripture. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. That's right. We're not fighting people. We're fighting evil spirits and curses. And, uh, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means they're not flesh. They're not worldly, but mighty or powerful through God to the pulling down of strongholds. See, if you receive fear or rejection, it's going to build a stronghold in your mind and your heart, and it's going to have a trigger on it. And every time that Satan wants to trip you up, he'll, he'll pull that trigger, and then you'll go into the cycle again. And so we got to understand these things. This stuff is spirits that we're fighting. Verse 5, I've talked to you about this already in this uh, evening broadcast. It says, 5, casting down imaginations. We are supposed to cast down means violently assault, violently throw down the thoughts and the imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, the word of God and the spirit of God and bringing into captivity. We have to capture that thought, you know, and put it under our feet and become obedient to Christ. Amen. Casting in Strong's number 2507, it says meaning to lower with violence. Okay, put that in your uh, file cabinet there, meaning to lower quotations with violence. You know, it brings me back to remembrance here, um, the kingdom of, you know, it says from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violent men and women lay hold of it. Or another version would say violent men and women take it by force. You know, we can't say, oh, uh, Lord, please, would you... Um, Relieve me from this demonic presence. The, you know, that's not praying in faith. That's begging. You know, we're not beggars. We're children of God. You do this forcefully with your sword, knowing who you are in Christ. Satan, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I command you to get out of my mind. I cast out fear. Go now and don't ever come back. This is how we do it. This is lower with violence. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, we have to get violent in the spirit. Don't get violent in the flesh. You're just going to be beating the air. Get violent in the spirit and take some demon scalps, as Shannon says. Demolish and destroy. You know, it sounds like war. Oh, I guess it is war, isn't it? <laughs> Demolish and destroy. This shows God wants you to deliberately smack down and crush every thought that is contrary to his word. Sounds like WWE, right? Uh, wrestling, it's a smackdown. You know, the devil wants to smack us down, but if you don't have had enough of that, just keep on letting him beat you down. You know, and as Shannon says, he's going to take you out in the body bag. You know, well, how about we smack the devil down? I like that. That's That sounds like a parte to me. Smack the devil down. You must take of your thought life captive. You must take your thought life captive or the devil will. See, there's no... I, I give this analogy, you know, we come back from Cambodia and Honduras and you had a successful mission trip and, and everybody's tired and, you know, we're spoiled rotten here in America, you know, even even Apostle Lou. 
they come home and sit down and go, oh, man, that was such a wonderful trip. I'm going to relax now. No, <laughs> that's the worst thing you can do. You just come off of, of cloud nine. You had a lot of victories. Satan is you, you're in the crosshairs. You better continue to pray and read your Bible and, and fight because you you cannot stop. You know, <clears throat> even Confucius say man who coasting, he going downhill. <laughs> there is no you're a soldier. You're on the battlefield daily. You cannot, you know, I mean, slow down and smell a rose and drink a glass of cold water. But, you know, do it like, uh, you know, Gideon's army did. They lapped with their tongue. They got sent home. The people that drank with their eyes open, they stayed. So keep your eyes peeled and keep your hand on your sword and, you know, catch your breath. But, you know, don't sit down and go like, ah, now I can relax. No, Satan will take you down so you have to take your thought life captive you have to all you all, all the enemy needs to take you out to, to get this ball rolling is a crack it's a supernatural beast we're trying to defeat here not 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 your neighbor not your children not your husband or wife it's a spirit they just need a crack Second Corinthians ten six and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. We gotta be ready to put revenge on the enemy. And um, that's why I'm a deliverance minister. I love to smack the devil around. Okay, this was King James. We're looking at Bible and basic English now. Six being ready to give punishment to whatever is against his authority. I just love it. That's what we do, isn't it? We, we tell the devil how high. I mean, normally, before I knew all this, he told me how high and when and what and, and this and that. And, you know, he just pushed me around like a, I was in a baby carriage. But now I push him all over. I push him out of, you know, cast him out of all kinds of people and properties and house cleansing and breaking curses and, you know, people getting cancer healed. You know, I mean, it's just wonderful to, uh, you know, be able to get your prayers answered. Being ready to give punishment to whatever is against his authority, because Jesus Christ is the final authority. After you've made it clear that you're completely under his control. See, that's what I'm saying. We have to be under the control of the king. The king, Jesus, under his control. And then things will go well for us. The world will provide many coping mechanisms to numb the pain of rejection and fear. Yes, they will. Pills, alcohol, sex. I mean, they got plenty of things to the world is going to kill you. First John 2.15, love not the world. See, we're not supposed to love the world. I mean, I love to have nice things and, you know, a roof over my head. And I love Mrs. Young, washes the sheets on the bed. So when I go to sleep, it smells like, you know, whatever that fabric softener, Febreze. It smells good. I like that. You know, I love those things. But, you know, I'm not planning on building a kingdom here because I have a kingdom that will never be um, destroyed because I'm going to be in the kingdom of heaven with Shannon and the rest of the believers. So I don't love this world, neither the things that are in it. I don't worship them. You know, I like money, but it's not my God. It's not what I center my life around. You know, I don't have, you know, I'm not making an idol out of things here in the, the world so I can worship them and, and you know, like uh, many people in the world do. And, and you know what? They're not even happy. 
the rich people in the world, most of them aren't happy. They're committing suicide. See how many rich movie stars are taking drugs and overdosing on fentanyl? If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Well, there's a memory verse, brothers and sisters. If any man or woman love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's strong. Really strong. These evil spirits work through reasoning. This is why the scripture says, take the thought captive. Because if you dwell on it too long, thinking with your mind, you know, now you're not in the spirit, you're in the flesh, you're carnal. Satan will beat you every single time. You can't beat that beast with, with natural thinking. You can't. You can't outthink the devil. He's smarter than you are. He's older than you are. He's He, he, he eats people like us for breakfast 24-7. He, he's strong. I'm not saying he's not, you know, that he's weak. He is strong, but we have authority over him, but we can't give him a crack. We have to take the thoughts captive. Don't reason. Don't reason. Read the Bible. Find out who you are and agree with God. Don't agree with the enemy. They attack by placing thoughts in your mind. I'll just tell you, this is how the enemy works. No, you know, in the old cartoons, we used to have the white, you know, angel on the, the one shoulder and the red angel which is the enemy on the other shoulder the good one and the bad one it's like you got this invisible being on your shoulder and they're in your ear going take this thought 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 it's relentless because they're a supernatural being and you just have to get to the point where you wear him out before he wears you out and just say I like to say shut up devil Shut up, devil. I don't receive that. Go to hell. I cast you out. I cut your tongue off. I put the blood of Jesus down your throat. Seal it shut with the blood of the lamb. Get out. Don't come back. So they are trying to get you. They're trying to put a thought into your mind and in your heart. And if you receive that, it's the first cornerstone of the stronghold that they're going to set up and build. And if you let them keep putting bricks on there, pretty soon they got a, a fully built stronghold tower in your mind and your heart, which is really difficult to tear down. Then persistently, they urge you to take the thoughts and make them your own. Mm-hmm. Demons work through familiar spirits and bloodlines. So the sins of the ancestors can mount up. Thank you for you using even... Log Talk Radio. Goodbye. I apologize for that interruption. Don't worry about that. Keep going, no. brother. we got plenty yeah, of time. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Technology. <laughs> we're, we're broadcasting to millions around the world. Omega Man Radio. This is where it's at, brothers and sisters. Demons work through familiar spirits and bloodlines. They do. They build on weaknesses and compulsions. You know, as they say... Um, we're only we're, we're like a chain. We're only as strong as the weakest link. So if you know you have a weakness, that's the place you should be working on. And compulsions, you know, don't let the enemy talk you into doing something uh, haphazardly or in a hurry. Because uh, I'll say emotionally, because usually when you make an emotional decision, you make the wrong choice. The best thing to do is pray about it until you have peace in your heart. And once you got peace in your heart, you can't make the wrong decision. 
They use the victim's own thoughts and imaginations. See, they plant the thought in your head, and then you think, oh, it's me. Okay, that's smart. I think I'll, I'll, I'll act on that. They lead you to commit sin in your heart. And then once you've committed it in your heart, guess what? Your body follows. As they say, throw your mind and heart over the bar, your body will follow. The uh, trip of a 10,000 miles or a lifelong journey starts with the first step. See, they get you to act on it. You take the first step or you receive the thought. Pretty soon your body's acting it out. So this is why it's important to cast the thoughts down before they get a stronghold set up. Amen? Old Covenant versus New Covenant. Many people say, well, the Old Covenant was so hard. Yeah, it was, but I think the New Covenant, in my opinion, is harder than the Old Covenant. Because in the Old Covenant, you had to commit the act in the flesh. Amen? You slept with a woman, committed adultery, they stoned you. But you don't have to do that in the New Covenant to be guilty. No, sir. Matthew five twenty-seven and 28 they have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Amen. Now, this is New Testament here, but verse 28. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery in her heart, already committed adultery with her already in his heart. See, now that doesn't mean every time you look at a woman you're guilty of adultery. It means when you look on a woman to lust. As far as the Lord is concerned, the deed is done. I think that's a much, much heavier sentence. The New Testament, in my opinion, is heavier than the Old Testament. The Lord, does he expect us to be perfect? He wants us to be as perfect as we can be. And the closer we get to him, the better we'll be at it. Anger, let's talk about anger in the Old Covenant. Uh, Or, I'm sorry, I don't have a scripture for that, I don't think. No, I do not. Well, look at Matthew five twenty-one and 22. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill. And whosoever kill shall be in danger of the judgment. Here it is. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. You know, uh, it says in the scriptures, if you're angry with your brother, you have just killed him. You're guilty of murder. Much heavier in the New Testament. So we have to fight temptation, brothers and sisters. It's just the way it is. We are soldiers. How do we overcome? When you become offended or fearful and anxious, you know, the best thing is not to become offended by forgiving offenses even the scripture says offenses will come but we must forgive so when you it doesn't say if you become it says when you become offended or fearful or anxious you must immediately loose the fear of rejection and any associated spirits so put that in file 13 repent when things are um when when you're um offended so you don't have an unforgiveness And then start to cast the demons out. Loose them. You know, just like the lady with the spirit of uh, infirmity, the issue of blood. Jesus said, woman, you're loosed from thine infirmity. We loose the evil spirit and cast them out. So I think we're going to conclude with that, Shannon. I would like to um, plug here a deliverance class we have in 
14, 15, 16 days here in Richardson, Texas. In 16 days, February 24th, can opener deliverance class. We're going to open up a can of worms. <laughs> We're going to teach, train, and equip, and cast out some demons. February 24th. Go to the website. You can see it. Whitehorseoutreach.com. If you want to be on my email list or set up a deliverance, whitehorseoutreach at yahoo.com. So when we do these things, you will get notified. And now, when you go to YouTube and BitChute and Rumble, click like, share, and subscribe so it gets out to more people. So, Shannon, back to you, my brother. Great teaching tonight. We're live with Pastor Lou Young, White Horse Outreach Ministries.